God, we thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you, God, for how the sun is shining so brilliantly this morning. Your sun shining brilliantly throughout uh, this time that we dedicate to you. We thank you for your Sabbath. And we pray that all we do and say. morning and welcome to First Baptist Church thank you Marsha for the music this morning I gotta fix the stool that's all right um, so uh, I'm really excited this morning we have Reverend Mike and Reverend Nancy Krems with us to to candidate um, and uh, Karen would you like to to make a little announcement about that. 
Would you like to say something? Um, Thank you. Yes, please stay. We're very excited about this. This is uh, this is a great. This is the the the, the result of a, a year, over a year, um, almost a year and a half work um, preparing for this um, with the search committee, putting together a profile, uh, interviewing candidates, meeting with candidates, and uh, and and this is a this is a this is a big this is a big day for us. This is exciting. Um, so please stay for the. Uh, for the meeting after the service. Are there any other announcements? Okay, hearing no other announcements, uh, we will start with our chorus this morning, You Are My All in All. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, I give up, I give a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name.
the first hymn this morning is How Great Thou Art. Now join us in the, this morning's call to worship, founded in the bulletin and also on the screen. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us, let us come, come to him, him with thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Let, let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land, too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, a real privilege uh, that you've invited us uh, to candidate here. Uh, both my wife and I uh, are excited about the possibilities that the Lord has laid before us. And uh, as we read this invocation, I've selected this invocation. It, it represents uh, something from the early 1600s. And as you read this, you'll, 
you'll kind of get an idea that um, they were emphasizing uh, the humanity of Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, his deity too, but they were very much stressing his uh, humanity throughout this uh, creed. So join me, if you would, please, uh, in this invocation. Jesus Christ is true God and true man. The Son of God taking to himself the true and pure nature of a man and existing in a true human body. Jesus Christ, as pertaining to the flesh, was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Afterwards was born, circumcised, baptized, tempted, also that he hungered, thirsted, ate, drank, increased both in stature and in knowledge. He was weary, he slept, and at last was crucified. Dead, buried, he rose again, ascended into heaven, and that to himself as only king, priest, and prophet of the church. All power, both in heaven and earth, is given. Amen. And my wife, Pastor Nancy, will lead us through the joys and concerns. Again, thank you for welcoming us to your church this morning. Um, it's now an opportunity for you to share with us any um, joy or concern you might have. Excuse me, I'm going to have to ask you to at least repeat the first name again, please. Myron. Okay. Again, can you re momentarily remove your mask so I can hear you, please? Um, no, thank you. I got that information. There's a woman behind you who would like to share. Okay. Yes. <laughs> An amen to that. <clears throat> yes. Linda, and what's the other name? Candace. Candace. <clears throat> yes.
And your mother's name? Joanne. Joanne? There's another one there. Yes. And you'll be traveling to the memorial for him? Go to memorial service. Yeah. In Michigan. No <laughs> Michigan. But you will be traveling to Michigan to the service. Mm-hmm. And what's the fellow's name? Danny Drinker. Danny? Are there any additional concerns or joys? Um, Let us bow our heads in prayer, please. Father God, we come before you with humbled and repentant hearts. We just thank you for um, your son, Jesus, who came to live among us and died for us. Um, We thank you especially for the privilege of being able to um, worship and to honor you. Uh, Lord, we just lift up our concerns, the ongoing concerns we have for the pandemic. We ask that you be um, with the families of those who have lost loved ones and that you continue to be with those who are uh, in nursing homes and uh, assisted living facilities, Lord, um, uh, such as uh, Joanne and others. We just pray that you will um, continue to be with Linda and Candace as they quarantine and that you would help us all to be mindful of um, the rules and the necessary social distancing. Um, And we just pray, Lord, that you continue to uphold um, our government as they continue to um, reach scientific conclusions about uh, this situation and that you would uphold our leaders in government as they administer uh, this, um, the vaccines and other, um, other uh, items. Lord, you really have um, blessed us in so many ways, and I thank you um, that the pandemic in so many ways has um, brought us closer, even though we're farther apart. <laughs> Um, just in our concern for one another and how we uphold one another. I pray that you be with Myron as he um, has another biopsy, Lord. We pray for a a good outcome. Um, And Lord, I just continue to lift up um, those who uh, serve our country around the world and our servicemen, and I pray, Lord, that you be especially with those who gather for the service for um, a deceased veteran named Danny, and we just thank you, Lord, for the service of, of those who have come before. 
and have protected our freedoms um, throughout the world. Lord, it is a marvelous day, and we thank you after a week of rain that um, you would prosper us with a sunny day. And we just continue to uphold uh, the First Baptist Church of Norwich, and we uh, pray that um, you continue to um, be with this church as it moves forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us join now for the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Stand for the hymn, Open My Eyes That I May See. Truth. 
For the children's message, I, I brought some binoculars. And um, I'd just like to ask some of the children a few questions. Uh, what would, uh, wow, wow, isn't it? What, what would um, binoculars be used for? To see things far away. That's, that's, do you agree with that? Yes. That's a good answer, to see things far away. And um, binoculars do that in the physical. We can look through these binoculars once I take the lens caps off. Uh, you can look through these binoculars and you can see things off in a distance and it brings them closer to you. Now, there's also something that you can do spiritually to see things that are far away. And um, any idea what that might be? How do you see things uh, about God that may be far away? Any idea? Um, you can turn to the Bible. There's things in the Bible that tell us about things that have happened far away. Uh, in fact, uh, there were prophecies that they're called in the Bible, and they tell us about things that happened to Jesus even before he was born. And those are, there's other things in the Bible that tell us about when Jesus is going to return. He's going to come back someday, and he's going to reign. He's going to be uh, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, which he is already, but he's actually going to uh, return someday, and he's going to be calling his own um, back to heaven with him. So, um, we need to be prepared. Children need to be prepared. Adults need to be prepared. I need to be prepared. We all need to be prepared for Jesus' return. When he comes back for you, he comes back for me. Now, what do you think we need to do to be prepared for Jesus? I mean, even now and even when he comes back. What would be a good way to prepare? How about uh, simply saying a prayer that, Jesus, uh, I invite you into my heart today. Uh, I thank you for who you are, and I look forward uh, to spending not only today with you, but even all of the days that you have the rest of my life. That's just a simple prayer that we can make, uh, whether you're young, whether you're old. Uh, because when I look down in the spirit, when I, when I put my spiritual binoculars on, um, I want to see you, and I want to see you, and I want to see each of you in heaven. And the only way that that's going to happen is when we give our life to Jesus Christ. And uh, I pray that each of you have done that. And if you haven't, I encourage you to simply say a, a simple prayer. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me so much. And thank you that you are with me today and you're with me forever. And so uh, just a reminder about what binoculars can do for us today and uh, how we can see in the spirit down the road too. So thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, what we're, uh, I'd just like to share too the 
scripture that we have this morning before us, which is from, uh, from Luke. And uh, this is the text of the road to Emmaus. And um, from Luke 24, verses 13 through 35. And then my wife and I, uh, we decided, so you get a taste of each of us this morning. Uh, Nancy will be sharing first. And then I'm going to be sharing something uh, after, uh, after Pastor Nancy shares, okay? So, uh, here's the scripture for today. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said and all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So we, he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Hello, my name is Shalomi. And I am the Jesus follower that accompanied Cleopas to Emmaus. We were leaving Jerusalem not long after the crucifixion and the reported resurrection of Christ. 
We were still in disbelief over what we had heard about the resurrection and were discussing all the pros and cons. We weren't all that convinced. We had encountered Christ on several occasions alive and felt we could recognize him if the resurrection were real. We spoke of Christ's miracles and the parables he told and how the people had welcomed him to Jerusalem on the Passover, laying down their cloaks and waving palms along the road. How Christ had presented John to his mother and his mother to John. How he had pardoned the thief right there on the hill where all three men were crucified. We had seen him die, but whether he was resurrected, we, especially myself, was in doubt. We were sad, disappointed by what we had witnessed, though we concurred that maybe we did not have eyes to see or ears to hear what God had in store for us. Our road was made of cobblestones broken by years of use, and we were careful where we put our feet for fear of stumbling. Our feet were dusty and sore from our journey, which added to our complaint. But the day was sunny and warm, and the flowers were in bud everywhere as we walked along. Cleopas was hopeful the events would resolve and we would know the truth. In spite of our different perspectives, our journey had brought us together by the things we had shared with others and they had shared with us. What caused Shalomi and others to despair in these Bible times is what causes me to despair even now, bringing doubt and disillusionment to the 21st century, particularly the impact the COVID-19 pandemic has had on myself and my family. Like these two first century followers, we left a big city for a smaller village, staying in our cabin in green to escape the crowds. We abandoned the city in a quest for some kind of normalcy. We thought the country would offer all during the quarantine. Maybe it was the hubbub of over Christ's death that left the Jesus followers restless to move on. For after all, their Redeemer, their Savior, was dead. He was gone. There would be no more miracles. There would be no more parables. Why stay in Jerusalem? People felt that they were left to fend for themselves, that somehow they had been abandoned. So God kept the journeyers from recognizing Christ because they were so wrapped up in their doubt, in their sense of abandonment. But it was a part of God's plan that these journeyers would experience this. And God used it to open their hearts later when he broke the bread. The impact of breaking of the bread would not have been so great had they not failed originally to recognize the Christ along the road. It allowed these travelers 
to be more candid and honest about their views and their feelings. Needless to, to say, it has been a stressful year and, ha year and a half since the pandemic began. I, for one, was disappointed. We had big plans for the holidays to get together as a family, um, but it never materialized because we felt we needed to protect ourselves um, from our own family members. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was uh, an initial disappointment. Like the people of the first century, we do not know how events, events will resolve. Will there be more hospitalizations and deaths to come? Will we encounter another surge or variant? Is mask wearing a permanent part of our lifestyle to come? Time has been generous to our first century Jesus followers. Christ did indeed establish his church to his glory. Events did resolve themselves in the growth of the early church. And we are hopeful with good science and good administration that indeed the pandemic will resolve itself also. But these events will grow our faith there is no doubt that God will use these current events today to draw him to himself so that we might be closer to God and God may be closer to us. I ask you this morning, what helps you recognize Jesus alongside you when you are struggling? Is it spending time with God alone in scripture or in prayer? Is it talking with someone who cares? Or thirdly, is it focusing on worship and fellowship with others? When I stress, quite frankly, I withdraw. But to bring me out and back to earth after a challenging time, I appreciate talking intimately and conversationally with someone in a close and personal conversation where feelings and views are shared equally. So I ask you again to ponder this morning how you respond to Jesus when he comes beside you during those difficult and stressful times. Just as he did for these Jesus followers on their way out of Jerusalem to Emmaus. You're going to get a double dose this morning, so <laughs> here we go. You know, um, as I looked at this text, uh, I really uh, sensed that the road to Emmaus uh, really uh, is uh, more from the standpoint of a, a, taking a road uh, to overcome disappointment. And uh, as my wife has uh, shared, uh, that there's been a lot of disappointment uh, that's probably occurred in your life and our lives uh, throughout the last uh, uh, year or so. 
in uh, whether it be health situations that we've heard about this morning, uh, that can bring disappointment into our lives. Uh, there can be uh, strains in our families, uh, whether it be relational sh relationship strains, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, certainly there's been a lot of work-related uh, strains. Uh, I'm a chiropractor uh, down in Binghamton, uh, but my, my practice was affected by, by COVID. And uh, you too, I'm sure, know people uh, who were either laid off or are out of work or businesses that have closed right here in Norwich uh, because of the COVID crisis. And so I think that we're all too familiar with disappointment. Uh, but, but know that this journey that these two people were on, and it may have been a husband and wife. It could have been Cleopas and his wife. It could have been uh, two uh, men. Could have... So I, I think that as we look at this text, uh, it's important to place yourself in that text uh, because this road uh, to Emmaus takes us on that road of disappointment, but it takes us on that road to overcome whatever the disappointments uh, may have been, you've either been experiencing recently uh, or in the not too distant past. So I'm going I'm to just suggest three things that come out in this text that uh, allow us uh, to have victory uh, over uh, disappointment in your life and in my life. So the first thing would be that as they walked along, they communicated. So communication is number one. Uh, we've got to communicate openly with one another, uh, whatever those disappointments are. Uh, it's uh, imperative uh, for us to communicate to one another uh, where it is that these things that um, tend to drag us down, um, they need to be expressed uh, to one another. If, we're not, if we don't express these to one another, uh, then uh, the likelihood of depression uh, falls on the heels of disappointment. And uh, depression, as you know, uh, can take us to a dark place uh, that you don't want to go. You don't want to go there because it's harder for the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine in uh, to those dark places as the depression gets more severe and more severe. So communication is number one. Um, in fact, uh, I'll share this with you. Uh, recently, Nancy and I have a friend uh, who two months ago committed suicide. And it was, it was probably related in somehow uh, to the COVID crisis. It was probably related to the isolation of this person during the COVID price crisis. Uh, but it was probably related to, uh, to some cries for help that uh, either were ignored uh, or weren't loud enough. Okay. And... Um, uh, he was not alone. Uh, there were other uh, victims uh, of the COVID, uh, particularly with the financial strains uh, that it placed on business people. Um, 
And so I think uh, that there were a number of factors playing into uh, this person that we we knew. Uh, but I, I, what 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 it what it brings to to forefront here is that when you are going through a tough and difficult time, uh, yes, you may need to withdraw, but boy, you got to get out of that and you've got to share with someone what it is you're going through. Um, and so uh, I just encourage you, you know, as whoever your pastors may be or whoever your board is or whoever you go to uh, when you're down, there's got to be someone out there that you can speak to. Uh, someone that you're going to make an effort uh, to share um, what it is that uh, you're going through. So that's number one is communication. Uh, the second thing that I, I lift up here from this text is that they came to a point uh, in their journey down the road with Jesus and Jesus made an indication that he was going on. He was going to keep moving down the road. And, um, but these two people recognized that it was important to invite uh, Jesus, although they didn't recognize him uh, at that time. They, they felt that uh, they needed to invite this traveler with them into their home. And uh, I call this the second C. So you've got communication, the second one. Uh, is to court. Uh, I, I use that, uh, I don't mean that in a legal sense, I mean that in a sense uh, when you courted uh, someone that, uh, a girlfriend or perhaps uh, someone that um, you ended up marrying. But that courtship phase is one where uh, you're doing everything possible uh, to make yourself look good and you're doing everything uh, to win and to woo uh, that person whose, whose attention has you in, the, in, in their grip, in your grip. And so I think that um, courtship is a way uh, for us to continue uh, to um, spark, bring sparks again to our relationship. It might be in your physical relationships with one another, but it certainly is in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ calls us to continue to court him. Uh, you and I are the bride of Christ. And as such, uh, we're, he, he's continuing wooing us, and I think that he's calling us to, uh, to court him. You know, in the Song of Solomon, it says uh, some scriptures that are, are very uh, intimate, and it's, it's like pillow talk, where uh, in, in verse 7, 10, it says, I am my beloved, and his desire for, is for me. And another verse says, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. You know, this, this is uh, the talk of a lover. This is the talk of someone who loves you so much that he allowed his son to die on the cross for you and for me uh, with his arms spread wide open to express to you how much he loves you and how much he loves me. Uh, this is a great God that we serve. And this is uh, someone who is desiring uh, your love uh, to be reciprocated in a way 
that uh, now uh, that's going to take me to the next uh, C, uh, and the next C that I lift up is is communion. Uh, communion, uh, uh, whether it's celebrated here in church, I don't know what it is that causes you to commune with God. Uh, for me, it's oftentimes in worship. Uh, I may find uh, I'll put my uh, my phone on with the music, I'll put the headphones on, and uh, I'll just uh, worship the Lord uh, to some praise music. And what that does, uh, it just gets me uh, out of my self-centeredness, which is all too common, uh, but it allows me to uh, focus my attention on how wonderful uh, a God uh, it is that we serve. And worship may do that for you. Uh, the Word of God may do that for you. Another way that I commune with God, and I'm sure that you do too, is, is through the Word. And it was through uh, what I love about the scripture today that we have where it says, uh, when the two of them, uh, when their eyes were opened with, with that, that communion with Jesus Christ, uh, and they said, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scriptures to us? I love that, 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 that aspect, that uh, visual of uh, their hearts burning within us. Uh, and I think whatever it takes, it may be fellowship in church, and it's nice that we're able to gather again, but something has to spark in your life and in my life to rekindle the fire that you have for the Lord. I know when you, when you first came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I tell you, I, I was on fire for the Lord. I couldn't shut up about how great Jesus Christ was and is. But eventually that excitement tends to uh, wane and um, the excitement uh, just isn't uh, as bubbly as it used to be. And I think that, uh, that the way to restore that is through uh, communion uh, with God and with one another. And, and so as, as you reflect upon uh, the text this morning, uh, I just would ask this simple question, as my wife left you with a question, uh, what, what is it that excites you uh, about your relationship with Jesus Christ? And how long ago has it been when your heart was burning uh, with passion for Christ? Uh, you, you may have some homework to do. I know I do. <laughs> I've got some homework to do uh, to bring me back uh, to those courtship days uh, with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And whatever it takes, whatever it takes, uh, I encourage you uh, to spend time uh, with the Lord. It may be in the Word, uh, it may be in worship, uh, it may be simply uh, in fellowship in church again. But whatever that may be, uh, I just, uh, uh, again, um, encourage you uh, to do likewise. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank you that it's your desire to open everybody's eyes this morning. Uh, open our hearts, Lord. Cause our hearts to burn with passion for you again. Help us, Lord, not to lose that first love uh, that we had when we first stepped into a, a saving knowledge of you, Lord. And so we pray, Lord, that you would um, rekindle in our hearts this morning and throughout this day and throughout this week that we would find ways that you would, uh, your Holy Spirit would lead us uh, to simply uh, meet with you, uh, that you would uh, blow on those uh, those, uh, those, those, the tinder, Lord, of our heart, and that you would burst into flame once again our passion for you. And for this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lead on, O King Eternal. If we could, if you're able to, please stand. to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
I came too close, I got feedback, right? Yeah. Thank you. Well done. Your message as well.